Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business Fun Podcast. It's me, Dave. My guest today is my good buddy, Martin Gameltoff from ActivityStream. And we are going to be talking about the new, new tool, Activate, which is an email marketing tool that will allow you to create better email marketing campaigns. So this, this is great. Uh, I promised Martin that I would have him back for a fourth edition when there was like something really good to talk about. And I think the Activate tool is very good to talk about. Before we get to Martin and me, um, how's everybody holding up? We are now in June of 2021. Uh, things are opening up. I have been to, I think, four baseball games now. I went to a basketball game, so an indoor event recently. Um, you know, and after going, I went to two sporting events in three days. And after doing that, I, I feel a little bit better about things. I feel a little bit more like myself. Um, you know, but like I've said throughout this pandemic, uh, things are stressful for people. So if you need somebody to talk to, send me an email. It's my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. You know, let me know how you're doing. Check in with me. Uh, I'm going to post several really great episodes coming up. Uh, one I'm really, really excited to share is with Scott O'Neill, the CEO of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. He just put out a new book called Be Where Your Feet Are. It was a really good book, and I got through it uh, after it was the first book I had been able to finish for a while. And if you know me at all, you know how much I talk about the books I read, the ideas, how important it is to be a constant learner. Um, so I'm going to be excited to share that with you over the next couple of days. You check in with my friends at Booking Protect. Simon shared some data with me and it shows that the trend continues to be that people are taking up refund protection at a rate of about twice what they did before the pandemic. That's just a clear indicator that people are looking for that sort of peace of mind when they're making purchases. So go to bookingprotect.com, check them out, talk to Kat, Haley, Kath, the whole team. They're all awesome. You know, obviously I've known them for years. I think the world of them if you haven't had a chance to meet them, do it now. Uh, we'll talk about Activity Stream and Martin in a second, uh, but you know, check out what they're up to. Um, they, I want to laud them one more time for pulling together the We Will Recover project. You know, it was like a really positive thing for people to look to and to search for and to be a part of during the pandemic. Uh, I know we're not completely through with this thing yet, and if the history of the last 18 months is any indication there will be fits and starts but uh you know pay it the kids activity stream they did such a great job and such a great service to the industry so check them out i've talked about it before but get the nps worksheet net promoter score worksheet that i put together with my friends at uh, eventelect um, i had kate howard on i've had lisa walker on to talk about the research they did which you know i'm a big fan of research uh, we talked about what the Net Promoter Score is, what it does, and then we put together a worksheet. It's awesome, right? The Net Promoter Score thing is like this tremendous number that's easy to measure, and it gives you so much feedback. It's so, so great. So check that out and get one of your very own by sending me an email at davidavewakeman.com. So anyway, though, email me, let me know how you're doing, and then let's talk about Martin. So anyway, I don't have to introduce you to Activity Stream. You know I love those guys uh, and girls, and like we've been friends, supported each other's work, the whole deal, right? But this is this activity activate platform is great, right? It is a way to help you become a more effective email marketer. 
the activity stream platform in general is focused on using machine learning, AI, all of those fancy computer things to really dig into your data and to help you use your data in a way that is meaningful. And I've said it many, many, many times before. The problem with most data is that we're overwhelmed by it and we don't know how to use it. And so the Activate platform is an opportunity for you to use data during the recovery. Understand what data is relevant, understand what's not. And help you create campaigns that will allow you to reach people, to communicate with them effectively, and to make more sales. Um, Martin's going to talk about some of the sales success they had in Australia. He's going to talk about the uh, where the sales are coming early or late in the process. We're going to talk about research. We're going to talk about profit. We're going to talk about recovery. We're going to talk about um, the challenges of restarting mass communications. We're going to talk about what you know what to do if you didn't keep up communications throughout the pandemic. We're going to talk about some of Martin's favorite marketers. Uh, we'll talk about you know the difference between restart and recovery. We will talk about the change in who your market is due to travel restrictions or changes in behavior. You know the difference between tourists and locals. We're going to talk about the challenges of doing things by gut feel. We're going to talk about new challenges. We're going to talk about um, people you've lost, how to regain them. We're going to talk about, um, you know, still some of the shared moments, some of the, all of these like things that we usually talk about. But we're gonna the big thing I think, and this is Martin's term that he said I use. But we're gonna talk about the barriers to use and how to make tools easy to use, uh, how to make your communication simpler. Uh, we're gonna how to engage your audience. We're gonna talk about how to take down the barriers to getting people to take action. So. This is like a, um, you know, I always like to talk to Martin, but this is going to be a really kind of actionable, useful conversation. It's thought provoking. I think it'll be helpful to you. And I'm ready to turn it over to me and Martin talking about Activity Streams' new Activate email marketing program. Oh, yes. I want to welcome back for the fourth time Martin Gameltoff to the Business of Fun podcast. Martin, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm in uh, in a very, very rainy uh, Copenhagen. Uh, we haven't seen any signs of summer yet. So, um, but all the better. That means I can focus on the job, you know? Yeah, well, you? you know, it's raining in DC, but we have, um, we have full-blown cicada infestation. Um, it has uh, been warm. It's a little cooler today. Um, but it's, you know, it, uh, I don't know. It's like normal here. It's like, it's up and down in uh, May in DC. It can go either be super, super hot or it goes back and forth. So we have normal weather. Um, like always, I'm just like sort of uh, keeping it real here now. And I'm going to ask you a whole series of questions here in a second, but before we get started, I'd like to point out that I have not had a chance to celebrate the third birthday of the business fun podcast, which started in 2018, I believe. Was that three years? Yeah. Okay. Three years. And then you were the second guest ever on the podcast. You are the most frequent guest um, <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. And now you'll be the second guest on the third year, like going into the fourth year. So thank you I'm for being happy. back. Thank you so much for having me and, uh, and happy birthday on the podcast. Yeah. Right. It's been, a, it's still a nice thing. It has been, you know, and now we can talk about the pandemic for a second. It has been tough to do these things during the pandemic because 
you know, my, my brand is to not BS people. And a lot, there was so much uncertainty that it was really hard to do this thing sometimes, uh, you know, and one sign that has been, you know, for me that things are maybe starting to normalize, we were talking about before is that there are shows on sale all over the place. And, you know, it's been easier as I've started to see things like kind of open up, people getting vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, there's Pearl Jam shows on the calendar now. Um, it's been a little easier to do this. Um, but how have you guys held up during the pandemic? Yeah, I think. Um, and plug the We Will Recover thing, because that was really helpful to a lot of people. And I know that I plugged it a lot, but that was great. And thank you for putting that together. Um, yeah, you know, but, so not to jump on your answer. But, I mean, it, was a, it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure. And, and part of why I really love working in this industry is that there is there is so much like willingness to help and willingness to invest. And uh, yeah, so we, I think as you, uh, we are seeing the industry kind of uh, from a little bit different perspective than if you're inside a venue or inside a, a sports club or, or a similar. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing different regions of the world. I'm seeing, I'm talking to a lot of different um different types of organizations. So obviously what happened uh, on March 11 last year was that, that everything went quiet. I mean, I guess if you are in a ticketing system or a ticketing company, everything like went crazy and you had to reschedule and cancel and, and do all that. So everything became very, very operational, but from as a kind of a marketing intelligence platform, well, marketing stopped so there is no one to talk to and um which is weird i mean it's it's very very weird um and uh and that was the weird thing about march of march of last year was yeah. <laughs> just had to stop marketing and it's just like <laughs> it was in this industry when when everything there was like things have been going on every day for like forever and mm -hmm. and suddenly the world just went quiet um, and this industry went quiet. And I think then we've been kind of seeing these different waves come through. And like from, I don't know, let's say August, September last year, people were coming out of like the initial panic and, and well, some were, um, some were still fully under like in lockdown. And, and, but then we saw to begin with the, the, the bigger organizations though they're kind of those that are big enough to still have people working every day uh, during this pandemic and they started looking a little bit ahead and so those were the, the the conversations I was I was starting to have about organizations looking at like well we need to learn we need to relearn uh, when we reopen we need to like the time to insight um, as I think you, you've called it before uh like the time to insight needs to be very very uh very short and um and we were seeing companies just trying to going out and investing in how can we better our infrastructure in terms of of learning and observing new trends and and what's what's changed what hasn't changed who's coming back who's hesitant to come back all these things that you you, you need as an as an organization um, and yeah, and I'll, I'd say right now, everything is, is on the reopening, uh, which means that 
well, people are going back to being very, very operational again. Um, so, so that's good. Um, but yeah, different regions, different, different phases. Yeah. And so I don't know what your opinion is on this topic, but, and I, you know, I guess if, uh, if it's crazy, you tell me and we, 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 I'll ask you a different question, but you said everything's built towards reopening. But one of the ideas besides like, you know, the speed of insight, right. Which needs to be extremely fast these days is also is that people need to recognize that reopening isn't recovery. And that like, there is this huge gap between reopening because anybody can do it <laughs> and recovery, which is a lot of people aren't going to recover. Right. I mean, it's just obvious because we're going to, we're, you may not recognize it now, but we're re-entering an entirely different world, right? Where there has been political strife. There's been, you know, people have questioned the decisions they're making as far as their career, where they invest their time, where they live, um, you know, where they put their attention, you know, um, but in the States, I don't know how prevalent this is in other parts of the world, but they're, they're big migration patterns, you know, where people are, you know, have been leaving New York, New Jersey, San Francisco for places like Texas and Florida. Um, you know, all of these things are going to have an impact on people. And, you know, so my thinking and my question is always like, going, how do we, you know, absolutely get everybody reopened, but like, how do we help people recover, you know, and not just, and then move beyond recovery to just reimagining what they do because the things that maybe worked before the pandemic aren't going to be the things that are going to work after. I mean, you just have to look at history. History shows you that the, um, the changes that we, that in the, in the way that we mutate and man and, and, and react and live, they change and they're not always obvious right in the moment, you know? And so I know you have some data, not a lot yet, but you know, how, you know, what are some of the signposts for recovery? Like what are, you know, what, you know, what are some of the guidance that you're help, able to give people to help them understand that like move, let's get this show on the road yeah, and then yeah. how do we recover? Yeah. Um, I think you're, you're absolutely right in that we'll see, we will see some, some very new patterns. I mean, people are talking about it even on like how people are on in their like administering their work life. Like some people will never be coming back uh, kind of to, to going to an office five days a week. Mm -hmm. Like some companies are just now realizing that, okay, well, actually it works really well to have people not be in the office. So we, we will probably see some, some major changes in, in these patterns. And, and like, I can see my, my wife is, is now has now turned into a full-blown introvert and uh, she's just like i'm loving this and, and she's going like but I, but I but i can tell that you're not <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, well, she's so, got her uh, business though right like she's like selling oh, what is yeah. she selling yeah she 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 launched her own business during this uh so i mean some some good yeah um no but but in in terms of going back to to what are the what are the what are the patterns that are starting to show? Maybe um, I mean I've, I I tend to look at regions like Australia, New Zealand. I, I tend to look at um, regions like Scandinavia uh, because Scandinavia was never really locked down, so there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of data coming through, even though uh, most of the 
most of the uh, most of the world has been knocked down. So obviously, I mean, Australia has been without restrictions more or less since January 1st. Um, and one immediate observation has been that major shows have blown out of the water any 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 and every sales record there was. Um, I mean, it, it has been some major, major shows coming, like Harry Potter, the musical, Frozen. So, but they have just broken every sales record. Mm -hmm. And that's also what I'm hearing from some and that's of, not just, a, and that's like, not just Sydney, that's Melbourne as well. That's all yeah, over the country. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that speaks, that speaks probably to the pent up demand. Like people are really eager or no let's just not say people let's say some people are right. very, very eager to come back um and then I, I i see some venues that are going like yeah that's great like the first on sales they they turn out really really well but then on the back of that comes this kind of valley of like the 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 eighty percent like when are they coming back? Because one thing is that this the like those crazy twenty percent like me that would just be coming back to like give me five concerts next week and I'll be happy. But but and that's fine. That's that takes care of the initial um, on sales and and like the the management will be happy that everything looks to be like well we have the pandemic just build up pent up demand and now we'll be. Now we'll be flying, um, but then comes Monday morning, and we're not seeing all those ticket sales mm -hmm. anymore. So, so there's a, I think there's a lot of nervousness around. You know that. what'll solve that, right? A discount, a deep discount. Well, obviously, I mean, <laughs> come, come Tuesday morning, like here comes the discount. No, but but I think there's a lot of nervousness about like how long is the lag from the twenty percent to the eighty percent. Yeah. Um, and and that's really the pattern that we're looking at now, and yeah. and and also seeing like so within like from those that are buying tickets, are we seeing differences in in, in patterns? And mm -hmm. I mean, as you would kind of expect, well, the share of travelers, like even those that, that I mean, let's let's turn around and say that the share of locals is higher than before, like because. I think people are coming back to what they know. Like you, you would kind of go like, oh, well, I know the theater that's mm -hmm. around the corner and I know they'll probably, I know the situation as it is here, but I don't want to drive 60 miles and go to some venue that I've never been to before because I mean, I don't know what that area is like. I don't know how this, like, if, if, it, if it's safe, if they're putting in place all the measures that I would expect. Um, so that's, that's one pattern. And I think, right. I mean, so everyone should focus on bringing back the locals. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me uh, point out that too, is like, you know, that's across regions because there's a couple of different pieces of information that will be helpful for people in thinking through this. There was a case study I was reading from Australia, right. And it's the AFL yeah. you know, they, they've been, like you said, since January 1st, they've been kind of like almost without restrictions. And yet, they're having trouble getting fans to come back to stadiums. And one of the key drivers is the amount of friction in the purchase path, right? So because there's 
uh, COVID protocols, I mean, is even though there's not a lot of restrictions, there's still safety measures in place, right? There's still like limits on how you can buy the tickets. You know, there's travel uh, limitations, right? All these things you have to keep them in consideration because they will limit people's desire to go. So that's like one thing here about like more locals to tourists, right? So the simpler it is for people to go, the simpler it is that they will go. And the second thing is, is, you know, at least what we're seeing in the States is that as vaccination rates go down or go up, sorry, then Mm -hmm. people's reluctance goes down. So you have to continue to keep focused on, you know, where your city or town or state or country is on that pattern of how well you have the pandemic in control, because that's a real hindrance on people's willingness to go. Definitely. I don't think, I mean, when you talk about the, um, like the, uh, the friction, you can say, well, it was always kind of an effort to go to things. Like it's always much easier to stay at home and like watch TV. So there's always been an effort required. And I think right now we're just seeing that, well, the, the, ah, let's wait and see option is becomes the, it's, it becomes the easy one. Uh, because right now it's like, Oh, do you want to come to this restaurant? And you go like, Oh, you need to bring like a test that's from, mm-hmm. from within the last 24, 48, 72 hours, whatever the local restrictions are. Mm-hmm. And you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to wear a face mask. And you're going to, like, maybe that takes away from the product that I, that I know and I, that mm-hmm. I, I really like. So, well, is it still worth the same um, amount of money f- to me? Or like, mm-hmm. well, well, I'll be kicked out at 10 p.m. because then they have to shut down and like mm-hmm. shut the restaurant. And well, I have to wear a face mask every time I get up to go to the restroom. And like, so there's all these things that my waiter will be talking to yeah. me through a face mask. All these things that might, for some people, it might like lower the quality of the product that they're paying mm-hmm. about to like expected to pay the same amount for so it just not more it becomes some cases you have a fee for like safety measures yeah so i think we're seeing that it's just for the 80 percent it's super easy to just go like yeah we'll give it a month or two Mm -hmm. but that month or two for the 80 percent really really hurts the industry Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah well, let me let me ask you this too, because you brought up the eighty, like you know, and the eighty percent of people, you know, and and who knows? I mean, we neither one of us probably knows the exact number for this one. Uh-huh. But the, but the question about that I want to ask too is like looking at previous behavior, right, from those people who weren't necessarily regular goers. You know, how often were they going anyway? Because one of the big challenges that people were dealing with before the pandemic was that they weren't doing a very good job of understanding what their non-customers were doing and how what they do can fill that role, right? Because um, one of the, I said that there's like, there's a a struggle in the industry. And so if we've talked about time to insight, I'm going to talk about my theory of what's going to either cause people to recover or not now. And it's, um, you know, one of the big key drivers was people are so close to the product and they are so close to the way they see the product that they can't see it the way that anyone else does. And that was a problem before the pandemic. And what it led to was a failure to understand the customer and the competition and understand how your company can deliver 
something that's unique and valuable to your customers, but that maybe reflects differently on you. It, you know, in, in marketing, it's a call, called cust- uh, market orientation, uh, customer focus, whatever you want to do. People don't have failed at that. And I'm, I'm already seeing signs that people are failing at it now even more magnificently than they did before. Yeah, and it's like, as I was saying, I mean, there, if you're one of the people that gone like, yeah, I've just been so hungry to be back in the theater. Mm-hmm. And so, so basically, I, all I have to do is put it out a newsletter saying, hey, we're open. And then they'll all come flooding back. Um, but that's just probably missing the point or, it, or it's, it's resonating perfectly with the like those 10, 20 percent who are mm-hmm. really, really, really longing to come back. But again, you need to you need to take into consideration everyone that didn't respond to that initial email by buying a ticket. Like, mm-hmm. so what's happening with them? Like, what what will it take? What is it? What are the uh, yeah? What are, what are the frictions? What are the reservations to to buying that ticket? Um, because you want to you want to easily kind of you want to gently take them out of that. Let's wait and see. Um, stands and 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 hopefully have them have them buy some of your tickets and you really want to you really want to get those ticket sales because you want to have your management not be in a full-blown panic and um and and you so what we've been what i've been saying is that well you're going to see fewer travelers you're going to see uh like a more local audience you're going to see fewer first-time buyers people Mm -hmm. are going to come back to what they know they're not like if you haven't been to the theater for uh, a year and a half. You're not going to go like, hey, let's let's go out and try something completely new. Uh, you're going right. to go back to like the 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 comfort the food the menu, yeah, and also those where you you've probably been been reading their newsletter uh, and you have some affiliation to that theater and you want to bring them back in a good way. So your your first ticket purchase is probably going to sit with one of those uh, organizations that you know. Um, so, so this is not a time to invest heavily in kind of lookalike audiences on Facebook ads and, and Google ads. It's, it's more about how do we communicate to bring back the people that we have on, like we have customer records with these people. We have a relationship. It may have been suspended, mm-hmm. but we do have a relationship and we need to re, um, yeah, bring, that, bring that conversation back. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, um, it's always important to never take your core audience for granted because they're your foundation. It's more important than ever to, A, recognize your core, core audience, engage with them, and then help them figure out how to help you get the people who are outside of that core involved right because it's just how do i want to say it it's just expecting that you're going to start up your marketing engine after you kind of left it fallow for a year or so yeah um and you're just going to blast people to death with these um undifferentiated email campaigns um and that people are just going to go, oh, hell yeah, I'm in. It seems a little ridiculous. Um, it, actually, it doesn't seem a little ridiculous. I know from previous experience that it is ridiculous. Um, 
but you don't, but that doesn't seem to stop people no. <laughs> from doing it. And, you know, and I know you have the same way I have been studying, you've been studying some of these things and, you know, how do you talk to people about that? Because that's like sort of like one of the key things that you work on is like helping people see that like different audiences want different things. Different people want different value. We were joking about it before. It's like, going, we have very similar <laughs> likes and wants, right? Uh, you live in Copenhagen. I live in DC, but we definitely like uh, very similar taste in wine, very similar taste in music. <laughs> uh, we like to go to the same bars and restaurants when we're in the same towns. <laughs> I mean, very similar, but also very different. So like try to appeal to both of us the same way. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, but we might actually get picked up as similar audiences by the Facebook algorithm. Very true. Very true. And I, I think you need to, I think you need to understand like you, I, I think in all marketing, you, you've always needed to, to understand the motivations mm -hmm. of what brings people to click on that buy button. Um, because it, it can be very different. Like some people may be going to a sports event to spend two hours with their son who never uh, speaks to them otherwise. And, but others will be going with three mates and it's just about like the price of the beer. Um, so it's very different motivations and you, and you kind of need to take that into marketing and, and make sure that you, that you put people that you put people back like I, I really like the the like the, the the phrase that you need to tell people why they need to click on that button and you need to tell them like why do you need like why should i be in that room mm -hmm. because if, yeah obviously i mean you you can like there are a few artists where you can just say like springsteen's playing praying uh springsteen's playing broadway mm -hmm. and People will find that the people will find that buy button uh, within a few seconds, but you have so many other productions and 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 content that is just you need to to explain to people mm -hmm. why this is amazing. And as you say, I mean, many people are very very close to their own product, mm -hmm. which means that they may have seen rehearsals for some time. They may have like they've been may have been looking forward to the announcement. Mm -hmm. And that means that they kind of jump into that and go like, hey, it's finally, you, you can finally buy that ticket. And like people reading about that for the first time just go, what? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so you need to take people on a similar journey. And um, one of the things I've been challenging people to do, and so far I don't know that anybody's taking me up on this challenge, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer it up again, is to map out your touch points from like where the customer is most likely the fan, um, you know, the subscriber, whoever, like however it is in your funnel, right? First encounters what you're selling or what you're trying to get them to engage with and how long it takes them to buy. Because what I have, what I've discovered through, you know, years and years of this stuff is that most of the time, if you're inside an organization, you expect that it's shorter than it is. And it's actually super, super long. So that means that like you have to have way more touch points and impressions on somebody before you get them to understand and yep. feel and like get engaged and want to buy what you're selling. And then they, people also put over, you know, overemphasize big stuff, right? Like super huge things like, oh, this on sale is going to be super important to people or this thing or that, you know, this big thing or it's massive. It's the little stuff that matters more. Right. It's like 
which is like your gig with the with magic moments, right? It's uh, these little things have a huge impact and people don't always like put them in a position where they come out naturally, right? Um, I was telling you because again, I'm probably in the 20% of people who are like going back. I've been to three baseball games in a month. I usually go to three or four, maybe a year, right? If, if that, and sometimes I've been to three in a month. And one of the things that happened was like, I was sitting in my seat and I saw the usher in like DC didn't have to wear the mask at the thing. And we elbow bumped and we were like cracking up because I was like, this is like so amazing. And he's like, nobody elbow bumped me yet. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, you know, you know, that's a huge touch point, right? That made me, that makes me feel a great affinity. It didn't cost any money. It wasn't like something that was planned. It was just like, you know, they put that guy in a position where like, if, if there was a customer who was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. He did a good job. Right. And, and like, just like had a human moment and that thing mattered way, way more than the, the beer in the club or any of that stuff. It was the guy that was like standing there, like, you, you know, at the top of the staircase, you know, it was the employee interaction. And, yeah, and, and I challenge and, people to think through these things because they matter. And it's more touch points than you can imagine go into these decisions. I think it's, uh, of, of course it matters. And of course it matters that you, that you bring people back in a, in a good way. And, and I think what, what he's showing is also just acknowledging a shared, like a shared period in your life. Like, I mean, he goes like, yeah, guess what? I mean, I haven't been standing here in the stadium for 14 months and you haven't been here in 14 months. So we kind of share that and we share the kind of the, the joy of being back. And, and like, I can acknowledge that and I can have that with Paul with you just by, mm -hmm. by a smile and a, and an elbow, yeah, an elbow knock. So, um, and, and I think it, you kind of need to to work on the strategy on on how to bring people back because bringing back the twenty percent is might be might be easy and and I'm um, um, but then you can go and like how do I bring back the group bookers because maybe my B two B partners like if they're local like let, let's say they're local organizations local companies that used to kind of buy twenty tickets for the employees well guess what that might not happen for a while because why like doing it as a company i mean they don't know how their employees are going to react they don't know if mm -hmm. even if their employees will find it tactful uh or mm -hmm. like going like, are you so out of tune with kind of how how we are as employees and we're we're scared to be back in the office and now you're sending us off to a theater production like what what's up uh so so you need to have those different groups and you need to have strategies for those different groups. I can tell you definitely from conversations I'm having with some of these corporate organizations, some of the bigger businesses that their biggest challenge is not getting people back together for a sporting event or theater. It's figuring out ways that they can get them back into the office. Right. You know, so in a way that they feel comfortable, their their thinking is so far removed from whether or not they're going to get people together for like a baseball game or like a dinner or something. It's just that, like, how do we get people back in the office in a way that makes them feel comfortable? I mean, so you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you should probably like be mindful of that and just mm -hmm. if you go back and you just say, like, OK, now I'm just going to pick up the phone and call our b2b partners and i'm gonna communicate in our newsletter in the same way and like you're just gonna 
you're going to miss people. I mean, you, you like, I think I, I told you or posted somewhere that like I got this email, like this email from a, a airport lounge uh, company and they, they, they wrote me and I'll read it out loud. And they said, dear Mr. Gamaltoff, we're sure that you've been enjoying the benefits that you get as a member over the last 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it. I was like, wow, that's, Either that's an outdated read the room. <laughs> that's an outdated template, or it's a really strong uh, belief in your own product that you have. Like, there's been no airline travel for 12 months, but they still kind of expect me to have had like enormous, enormous joy from the airport lounge. So, but it's like you, you need to. Now you did tell me though that you have been going to the airport and just hanging out in the lounge and getting yeah, well, a, I mean, uh, a mimosa and an omelet. So. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I think they know you. <laughs> I'll do anything for a free, uh, free soda. You know me. Um, no, so I mean, yeah, you, you run that risk of being like out of tune, and um, and if you're just going back and communicating in the same way and not acknowledging that that people maybe they may have a, a thousand questions, and and if you're not if you're not just blowing out like your messaging in the same way that you were before. I mean, you may be missing the point completely. I mean, I'm not saying that we should talk about safety and security all the time, but I'm like, I'm a big believer in that you should probably have a section on your website that addresses all these things. So if you're like part of your part of your audience is going to be like worried about how do you handle mm -hmm. it? Like how, what are the, what are the, what are the rules? What, are, how are you ensuring my safety and my like, and so, yeah, there's going to be, we're going to be like, oh, we're so tired of hearing about restrictions and rules and mm -hmm. guidelines and face masks and hygiene. And, but, but, but not everybody people, is, but, but not everybody, yeah. you know, so you can't just people go have real like, concerns. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're in charge of the newsletter and you're 26 years old, and I mean, you've never been afraid of COVID-19 at any point. And if you just go like, yeah, who cares? Let's just like blare out this this message. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna miss uh, a big part of your audience, and, mm -hmm. you, and you need to be able to pick up those those signals and those signs, and and yeah, maybe do a, a little bit more segmentation uh, for a, for a while. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, another one of my big ideas that I've been trying to beat into people's head is like. Don't 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 segment by demographics. That's stupid. Um, mm -hmm. You you segment by behavior because behavior is much more important. Yep. Um, you know, so so twenty six year old email marketing manager. Listen, you segment based on behavior, not on demographics. And if, if you do it by demographics, Machine Gun Kelly and Prince George are in the same demographic category. Uh, I bet you they live their lives a little bit differently. Um, yeah. Also, Ozzy Osbourne and Prince Charles are the same demographic category. I bet you they live they live their lives differently as well. So uh, let's Martin. put that to bed. Yeah, a behavioral though, you probably would find me and Martin in the same category. No, but it's definitely. Yeah, I mean, what you would. I also think that you need to reconsider how you react because, uh, as as we talked about, like the there will be some people with pent up demand, and mm -hmm. normally if someone buys a ticket you wouldn't kind of try to push a new ticket on them immediately. But but actually right now you might, 
you might want to do and go like, okay, these, these are these are showing that they're ready to come back. So let's see how ready they are to come back. Let's see how much demand can we get from this, this part of our audience and really just saying, okay, these are the people that bought within the first two, three, four weeks. Let's try to retarget that audience and see if, if there's demand for more. Right. Um, and then, well, we also have this big, big group that didn't buy a ticket. Maybe we mm -hmm. need to like take a little bit more of a soft approach with them and and maybe ask them, ask mm -hmm. ask some of them, like, what are the barriers for you to come back? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, the, I mean, on on a micro level, well, some people will have lost their jobs and like some mm -hmm. people scared and some people like all that. But you need to understand on a on a on more of a trendy trend level what's going on with that group and if they're gonna yeah it's just it's unclear how you're handling this like we don't know like will there be i don't know social distance seating and like how will we get into the venue and like all these things and, and then you need to address that for that group to gradually bring them back mm -hmm. um so yeah so and then you can like yeah put your b2b group sales like mm -hmm. put that on hold because that's that's not going to happen for a while right um, well, that's a that super you know that point that we were talking about earlier where it's like going you have to understand the touch points right and you have to understand that um reopening alone is not enough it's recovery and the recovery is not coming in like 30 or 60 days you got to really like think about it as like an 18 month to 24 month process right and have a you know like a plan for like each stage in this because right you you are there's low-hanging fruit right now right where people who are who do want to rush back and then there's a whole group of people who um you know they're gonna come into the mark come back into the market for buying tickets to events at different paces right and the challenge which is a um joe robinson wrote a really good piece the other day we talked about this where it's like on if you fall into that old pattern too of like just trying to like you bought a ticket i'm going to hammer you now that's also a bad thing because you have to you, you have to be really thoughtful right now because if not you could like lose the whole game you can blow up the whole you know everything you've done for your whole career in six months and like you know you, all of a sudden your organization's like hanging on by a thread now then like you, you'll have no hope of recovery because you can make there's it's such a fraught time for people to like work on getting people back True. And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a strong believer in, in, in short-term tactics and strategy uh, when you're in, in unknown territory. Um, like, let's say you were a venue opening for the first time in 2019. You would approach that with so much humility and you would kind of go like, oh, we don't know who will be like who will be our audience. So we're going to experiment and we're going to do like put things on sale and we're going to see what happened. And we're going to look at the, look at the metrics and look at the demographics and look at the, and ask people, what are your motivations to come? And we'll try to do lookalike audiences and we'll do try to do all these things. And we'll try to learn because we have no prior knowledge because we're, we're opening for the first time. And 
I think you need to, most venues need to, most venues and clubs need to go back to that a little bit and go like, well, there's, there's, yeah, I may have, I may have a, a data set of, of, of customers that, that used to come, but if I just, if I just go back, I'm going to appear tone deaf, like somewhat. Um, so I, I need to be able to, to look at those, look at the patterns, learn from them and learn really, really fast. Um, because ap- actually like the, the lockdown uh, where you had most organizations were on some kind of government aid subsidy program. And well, guess what? The, the, the reopening uh, might be much, much worse because there's no aid program. People go like, no, 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 you're, you're back in business. There you go. Um, but if, if you're, if you're kind of missing that or like you're not bringing people back through your marketing and your communication, then well, that, that period is going to hurt way more mm-hmm. uh, than the lockdown. Yeah. Well, and like you said, with the short-term tactics in unknown territory, it, it, it's something um, I wrote a, I wrote a, write a monthly piece for the association of luxury suite directors, um, the ALSD, you can go to ALSD.com, find all of them. Cause I've been writing them throughout the pandemic, but this month I wrote about emergent strategy, which is uh, something I learned about over the, during the pandemic. And really it just means, you ha- I mean, I want to simplify it incredibly right here, create a plan, <laughs> know where you're trying to get to, and then understand that like your path to that destination is going to change. And that because of the market and the world you live in, your goal might change, but you start out with a plan, but you don't get dogmatic about like, I can only achieve success this one way. And I have to be bullheaded in the way that I see success, you know, be open, like, you know, for organizations, be open to success looking different, right? Be um, conscious of the need to revisit your tactics and your strategy, like, almost, you know, if not weekly, at least monthly, right? And go, what's new, what's different, what's what's working, what's not, and be willing to adapt. You know, it's, in a way, it's probably smart at all times. But like now, I mean, if you're not doing it, I don't know exactly what you are doing. Because just like a set it and forget it strategy is going to, you know, is a formula for, for disaster, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it might it might really really hurt, um, and and also I mean, well I mean think about it like this, right? If you if you fall behind now, right, and during the reopening phase, you're not just deal, digging out of a 15 month hole from close from the pandemic. You're also behind, however far you were to begin with, right? And like you said, we we don't know what the real environment is. We're going to re-enter. We don't know what the real circumstances people have been dealing with are, right? We don't know how much patterns and habits have changed, you know? So do it, you know, not being responsive now is, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there will be organizations that do and they, they make it through and they probably have the big brands to back it up. And like they have, you know, boards that can support them and all these things. A lot, most organizations aren't gonna be in that position, right? And so you have to put everything in your favor now that you do and you know flexibility is one of those things right adaptability has to be at the forefront right understanding like when to make a change how, what's a real you know what's the real data like behind these decisions like you know everything matters now more more than this ever mattered at any point i know of 
I think you're absolutely right, and 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 that also means that if you if you didn't have kind of the setup to learn fast before, mm -hmm. well, you, you need you really need to revisit that, and if you're just coming back with a lot of gut feel, oh, I well, good luck, my friend. Um, so, <laughs> so, and I mean, we're we're just seeing, I think. One of the things that I've felt has been extremely tough in the time of pandemic as a as a professional is just like every day I felt I was coming into work and I would face a new challenge. Like some problem would be, I would be faced with some problem that I'd never faced before. And I think that was on a personal level, it was extremely tiring. I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really notice it to begin with, but I was just seeing all, like most days come 6 p.m., my brain would just like shut down. Like, I was like, okay, give me a zombie movie, I'm good. Um, and and I think people will, will see a lot of first time challenges again. Mm -hmm. and, and again, like it can, be, it can be super exciting to like, if you're set up for it, to mm -hmm. kind of go back to that experimentation and exploration phase um, and say, well, we just need to do these 25 new things. And then we need to look at all of them. These <laughs> 25 new things. <laughs> and we need to see what works and we need to see what doesn't work. And the, the next week we'll do the, the eight one, the eight, can, the eight thing that, that worked. We'll do more of those and we'll scrap the 17 and we'll do 17 new ones. And we need to get get into that mode, and it can be super fun. But I'm afraid you need to do that. And uh, and if you're not, I would warn people not to do 25, 25 new things at once. I would say simplify, maybe do two or three new things at once, but iterate very fast. Though the, the point is to iterate very fast. Martin's got up in Copenhagen. They work they work way faster. <laughs> They're crushing it up there. I just like what I'm saying is is well segmented campaigns will take you a very very long way I, and I whether it's an email campaign or if it's a Facebook ad or whatever it is like seeding it and learning from the results and reseeding it with with new and better data is you, you need to go into that do evaluate and learn cycle like much more intensively than you have. Yeah. Uh, I would say put like constraints, you know, set up limits for yourself, right? Like don't let these, these experiments go wild. You know, you, you, you put them in like very defined like periods, like sprints, right? One of the most successful uh, group sales campaigns I saw before the pandemic. And then I want to ask you one more question. Cause I know we've been going <laughs> at this thing for a while. Um, was the Florida, I guess, were they the Florida Marlins still or the Miami Marlins, whatever it was, they were the Marlins. And they use sprints, just like you would think in agile project management. And they use sprints to launch a, pro launch a process. Um, they target a specific market, market. They would create a closing event right at the end. So two weeks, a sprint, they launch it. They push everything towards um, the, the specific audience for about two weeks, and then they'd have a closing event at the end. And it helped them increase their sales about 350% in their um, premium sections. Um, you know, and, and so 
when you think about these experiments and this recovery process, think about it in terms of sprints. Like, you know, what would a sprint look like? Is it a week? You know, is it two weeks? You know, can I sprint for a day or two, right? Like limit it, set yourself some clear boundaries, some, pl some clear goals, uh, make a hypothesis, take a guess, right? It may be wrong, but that's totally cool, right? Because another one of those key attributes about why people are going to succeed or fail coming out of the pandemic is their fear of change. Change is constant. Change is always with us. It's just a matter of how we deal with it, right? And this is going to be a real test for how people embrace or deal with change, right? Change is constant. Um, the third one, I had three of them, was that like we have to get people some more training and some more um, uh, you know, a basis in some of these things, but that's, that's a story for a different day. We'll have Martin back for episode number five on that topic. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I mean, on, on the last part, on the last point, I think many of the organizations that we, that I speak to and that, that we work with, they're going to, that's actually a challenge that they're uh, facing now as well is that they've lost some people and, um, and they've lost some people that they thought was, that would be temporary, but you know our industry has a has a long history of underpaying because it's such a sexy industry. Um, but now, the I mean, people are not just coming back just because you're gonna like, hey, we can actually bring you back now. They're gonna like, well, yeah, but now I work in I don't know some other industry, so it's yeah. so good for you. So that means that we'll have we'll also we'll we'll have a lot of <laughs> say first time employees, and that. That is a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. It's also an opportunity because they yep. come in with with no gut feel and they know it. Um, so so hooray for that. But um, but I think that that is going to be a challenge. Um, no, absolutely. It's um, again, it, it highlights that idea that like people have changed during the pandemic. This has forced people to rethink a lot about who they are and what they do. You know, so if it's happening in the industry, what makes you think it's not happening outside, you know, of your organization? You know, it's, it, I mean, it just highlights the need to like test all your assumptions, right? And like make sure that like they, they still exist. You know, the sports teams in the States are having a health anxious time trying to get people to come back because they, they didn't train, they didn't treat people very well, right? They didn't pay them very well. Um, most of them were in these like call centers that look like straight out of 1980s Glen Gary, Glen Ross. And a lot of these kids are like, going, I'm setting my, I'm kneecapping my career at the very start. So you have to be conscious of this. Um, you, you know, like just pick your head up and look around for a minute, right? Do, you know, like I say, do your research on the world you exist in because it's very important now. So on that note, I want to ask you about the new product you launched right? Because you have been working hard. Uh, and I have been a, I haven't been a big part of this thing, except for the fact that like, well, do you think this will work? And I would be like, well, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, but you, you launched a product called Activate. And um, Activate is, is part of the reason you've been studying the email marketing so heavily during the pandemic. Um, explain to us what Activate is. I mean, I know. So explain it to me like I didn't know what was going on. Of course. Um, and it becomes a little bit of a of the story of activity stream during the pandemic because um, when you work in software uh, and and you have software developers, like the best thing that could ever happen to them would be if you could put the world on hold for about twelve months. 
but that, historically, historically, that doesn't. Here you happen. go, kids. <laughs> so historically, that 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 doesn't tend to happen. Um, but already, kind of on on April first or something like last year, we said, "Listen, um, maybe it's happening now. Um, maybe this won't be three weeks. Maybe this will be a long time." Mm-hmm. So uh, we did. We made the, the decision to stop all work on the on the platform on the product, and instead go and say, "Okay, let's let's revisit everything and let's rebuild from like as if we were building it for the first time." Uh, obviously, with with a lot of knowledge about what works and what doesn't. Uh, so we started working on a like the 2.0 version of Activity Stream, and um, and we, and as part of that, we were talking to, uh, as I said, there was no one, <laughs> there was no one to talk to that wasn't a client. So we spent a lot of time talking to our clients and our partners and, and saying, hey, what do you expect will, you'll need when you come back um, after the pandemic? What do you expect will be, will be key to you? What do you, ex- like, what are the, what are the things that you would wish for from, from us, from our platform, uh, both before, but especially after. And um, and one thing that we came back to repeatedly was that people were uh, were frustrated with email. They're going like, okay, we this is the most prominent marketing channel for us. It is like it's our own channel. It's it works. It sells um, and and we're just, uh, but oh, there goes the dog, and um, and we've been, um, but we're still frustrated at, and and different things came up. Some were frustrated with segmentation was being difficult. Uh, some were like frustrated with very simple things like the editor didn't allow them to do whatever they wanted, and for others it was automations being scary, and they 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 wanted especially talking about post pandemic, they really wanted to have automations running because they were expecting to be maybe fewer people. Um, and we as a company always kind of saw ourselves as sitting behind the, the email tools. So you would maybe do some segmentation in activity stream, but then you would push it to your marketing channels, whether that be Facebook ads or Google ads or email tool or whatever. Um, but as we started to, as we, really went deep into this email um, email tool conversation, we saw that we we wouldn't be able to do what we wanted to do with through integration t- to other tools. So that kind of s- took us to a decision uh, to to build our own. and uh, and then I mean and and, and this is a key, key element in, in when you do new things and you do innovation and you do you test new things is that we spend so much time on saying okay let's not build mailchimp like they i mean we're not going to be <laughs> i mean we won't be able to we won't be able to compete like there's there's no need for us to build another mailchimp so let's let's look at what what makes a difference uh, what makes it what makes our product potentially different and 
Well, one thing was the obvious one. Well, this tool is going to sit on top of all the data that you hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, was, that was a good starting point. Uh, mm-hmm. but then, and that helps stop migration and you look, data loss and like incompatibility and all these to, all these things that get in the way of people using their data effectively when they're emailing campaigns. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the, it is just a huge barrier to that. If you need to export things and, and import lists and, and move them around and you're not seeing the evaluation of that email campaign in context of, of your own data. But second, our second observation was, hey, actually, we only work in one industry and that is live entertainment. So maybe we don't have to create generic tools that work for everybody. Maybe we can do something that's very, very specific for this industry. And as soon as we kind of had that, um, well, maybe epiphany, I don't know, maybe uh, that may be a little bit high flying, but, um, but as soon as we kind of set that as a guideline, it made a lot of things much, much easier. Um, so now, like, long story shorter, um, now we've launched an email solution that is fully integrated and enables organizations to do like typical things as like pull the ticket buyers from like the last time John Mayer was here, pull them, send them a pre-sale notification that he's back. And you can probably do that end to end in three minutes, which is just like, that's how long the just building setting up the list criteria in whatever system you had before was. Um, so again, shifting, and then you can reinvest that time in looking at the results and doing more. And mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's really what we're uh, trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems to me that if it takes you three minutes, you know, it allows you to better use your data. It allows you to better segment your market. It allows you to be more effective. It also gives you, even if it's just, it takes that burden off of you, it allows you to step back and ask yourself why you're doing something, you know, or how it fits into your bigger plan. Because, you know, I'm all, uh, you know, I'm a pain in the, in the ass in a lot of ways. I completely understand that. But at the same time, I also recognize that like a lot of times people just get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of activity they need. And so if, even if using a tool like Activate buys you time to step back and think about things, it's a, it's a win because most of the time, you know, you get so busy working on stuff that you can't, or working in the, in stuff, you don't understand why you're working on it. Right. And you can't step back. And again, to reiterate this reopening is not recovery. And so like recovery is going to require you to think and act differently, you know, so like having tools that make your life easier, it's going to be useful. It's going to be helpful, it, you know, and it's, uh, it sounds like an ad for activity stream, but hell, if you've seen the uh, show notes for the podcast or you've seen any of these other episodes with Martin um, or you see me travel all over the place with, with Martin's big boss, <laughs> then you know that like, I think the world of these guys and, and the girls and everybody behind this thing, it, it, it's really, really a great tool. And, you know, and it's it, having it built on something, you know, so that it's like easily integrated is so helpful because as somebody who maintains a list of people, managing the list can take a lot of time sometimes, right? And it's like, it's tough to segment. 
it's tough to know exactly like how to target sometimes, you know, it, it's tough to, you know, it's just tough you know, to when, make it work. When I was, when I was talking and, and doing all these interviews with people about like their current email solution and I was like, so what could be better? And then people go like, yeah, the handling of, of opt-ins and opt-outs from our website and our ticketing platform. And I was like, no, 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 go, no, 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 wait. Like <laughs> this, I assume has been handled five, 10 years ago. And people go like, no, actually we, we export a report from our ticketing platform once a week if we remember to do it. And mm -hmm. then we go to our email tool and we import it. And I was like, okay, uh, I did not expect that that would still be an issue, but it, it turned out to be. Yeah. And, and just having multiple touch points and like some will have a Wi-Fi and some will have an app as well. So, and you'll have opt-ins coming from all these, these touch points. Um, but also I think one, one key thing that really triggered me was, um, I've, I've done email marketing, like for small, like my wife's, uh, little business, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, and just in previous roles, and I've always gone, like, we, we put a lot of effort into an email campaign and then we send it off. And then you, you go into your MailChimp account or whatever platform you're on and you go like open rate. 22%. And you go like, that's, that's what I'm getting. Um, so can you, now we can, we can overlay all the email interactions on your existing customer data. So suddenly you can see the opens by like on a map, you can see are mm -hmm. all my opens, are they locals? Are they travelers? Um, I can see, is it actually my local loyal audience looking for bargains is that is that the majority of the opens and clicks or is it like the traveling planners uh, mm -hmm. that are looking for premium events so suddenly i get this whole demographical perspective on my email interactions and it's all brought back to the customer as well so you can see well this person hasn't bought a ticket for 12 months but he's highly engaged with your content Mm -hmm. So you go like, well, some people have twins and that means that they won't be buying tickets for a while, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you've lost them as a, as a customer. And, and suddenly you, by bringing all this together, I think it, it gives a much, much better understanding of who you're, who you're talking to. Right. And you can potentially take that back into the planning of your email marketing saying, Hey, if, mm -hmm. if I can see it's all the impulse buyers that are opening my email. Well, probably in my email, I should have the, the, the concert that's coming up in two weeks. But if I can see, well, it's everyone who's clicking on my, my email uh, campaigns is, uh, is looking for events that are like far out into the future. Let's put the, the fall program in mm -hmm. those emails. Or maybe we should have two lists. Mm -hmm. And, and what and this brings up another thing because and I'll be about the data right because what you're seeing too from this per from the data is that like people are buying close or they're buying a long way in the in the in the in the future so you you managing that is like extremely important but again having a tool that allows you to segment and understand these things more effectively is just like totally a winner um, you know I don't you know I can sing activity streams praises all day long uh, you know it's I think they're great. So, um, Martin, how do people find you on the internet? 
Well, we just launched a new website, so go check that out. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, <laughs> you're on the podcast when you, you, didn't even, you probably didn't even know that, but um, it's on activitystream.com, and it'll have my face up there somewhere, and uh, probably also my a link to my various profiles. But uh, well, yeah, any like LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm not that hard to find. I mean, not a not a lot of people uh, are called Martin Gamelsoft, so should be. Strangely enough, the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, awesome. Well, thanks, man, for doing this. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, it's very interesting to to share the perspectives on on the reopening and the rebuilding. Yeah, we're going to get there. You know, like I tell everybody, we're going to... Tell me what you thought about my conversation with Martin by sending me an email. It is my name, Dave Wakeman, or davidDaveWakeman.com. Forget the Dave Wakeman thing. It's davidDaveWakeman.com. This shows you how little editing I do because I'm leaving that error in. Uh, make sure you check out my new website. It's completely updated. It's 99% through, but, you know, some little tweaks and hints. It'll still be there. Some typos I caught. Uh, but it's DaveWakeman.com. It looks great. It's awesome. Let me know what you think, right? Uh, there's links to everything there. It's, it's super cool. Uh, make sure you get my weekly newsletter. It's called Talking Tickets. You can get it at TalkingTickets.Substack.com, or you can email me, DaveDaveWakeman.com, or you go to that new DaveWakeman.com website. Check out my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. As I said at the start of the podcast, I've seen the data. The data shows that people are taking up refund protection twice the uptake that they did before the pandemic. It's a clear sign that people are looking for some sort of peace of mind and certainty when they make purchases now. So don't fall down by not offering it to them. It's a barrier if you don't offer it, it looks like at this point. So check them out, bookingprotect.com. Talk to Kat, Kath, Haley, Simon. Uh, they're all awesome people. Some of my favorite people in the world, so don't hesitate to reach out to them. Check out Activity Stream. I think there's going to be a super special announcement between me and Activity Stream in the fall. That's as much of a teaser as I can give you, but it's activitystream.com. You know that I've been talking to you about market research uh, and net promoter score uh, for months now. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, I put together a worksheet. With my friends at Eventelect, we created this NPS worksheet. It explains what it is, explains why it matters, explains how to do research for your organization. A lot of times you overdo it. I'm telling you, you can find out a treasure trove of information with three questions. Get the worksheet from me and Eventelect by sending me an email, davidDaveWakeman.com. I will get it for you, right? Uh, I'm going to be in Las Vegas in August the 15th, 16th, and 17th, I believe it is, in August, though, for Ticket Summit and the ALSD. They're sharing a trade show floor. Um, I'm going to be doing a little talking thing, a presentation on pricing at Ticket Summit. Get your tickets, ticketsummit.com, or check out the ALSD website. Get your tickets to both, okay? Come see both of them. It's an in-person conference. Uh, people from all over the industry will be there. It's going to be great. I'm talking pricing with some friends. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, there's some really cool new data that's come out about pricing. Uh, you know, So check it out, ticketsummit.com. As always, I want to thank you for being here. We're, we made it to year three of this thing. Um, and it's still amazing that so many people listen. 
and pay attention to this thing. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you all soon. Take it easy. <laughs>